Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good evening, everybody. Post-fight podcast. Steve Wellings here alongside Rob Kelly. Matty is with us as well and Andy Patterson. What we were just saying off air there, Andy, this is going to sort the men from the boys, the staunch. Do you know what happened, Andy? I'm, I, I got carried away. That's what happened, right? We had Dubois against Joyce last week. Heavyweights thought, we'll do a post-fight pod. Why not? AJ coming up next right. week against Pulev. Thought to myself, got to do a post-fight pod for that. And then I got carried away, didn't I? I went one. Oh, I had one one fight too many. I thought to myself, let's do one for Billy Joe Saunders against Martin Murray as well. I can only. I feel like I have to apologise for something, Andy. I feel like I should be apologising. You have got every right to apologise to us, by the way, because this is as Rob says there, right in the chat. As I says, look, listen, you've really tested the staunchness of your support of this fucking sport. To Rob Pelly says, look, listen, you can't say the word staunch in front of my presence. You know, so I understand that, but really, end of the day, is how hardcore <laughs> are we? Like we're doing post-fight podcasts and we're watching Billy Joe Saunders look okay for fucking four or five rounds. You know, maybe knock the guy out in four rounds to kind of like gassing to do what Billy Joe does and stuff. And they're talking like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, di- I'm diminished because there's no crowd. I'm not up for it. I need a big fight to get up for it and stuff. Like, mate, you've really tested us this week, like pushed us to the max to the point that I have fucked off the whiskey. I've went straight to the cabinet. I've opened it up. I've taken out the crystal decanter <laughs> filled with the finest cognac and I've poured myself a massive fucking I'll say a quadruple here actually. Well, yes. Let's just double check here boys that we're actually live because um, Danny Young says maybe the boys have fucked off this pod like Murray fucked off the boxing tonight. Come on lads, I want a four hour breakdown of this card. No, we I could be talking it. to the air, to the wind I, here, Andy. I prefer the I preferred Andy's description of of his drink to the actual action in the fight, to be honest with you. I'm more interested to see where this is going. Oh, well, I'll get a 40. I'll get a 40 for the fucking guys. Where's my phone? Here what would be worse than watching that show? It'd be worse than us doing a 45-minute podcast here and nobody being able to hear us. So let us know in the chat if you can actually hear us, first of all. Oh, we're live. There's uh, Danny. Maybe we're there's a slight live. delay. There's a slight delay. Live. There was a bit of action broke out, Andy. A slight delay uh, towards round 10. Go on, give us oh, a breakdown, then round oh, by the round. Throw a punch. The money throw a punch, eh? <laughs> They throw, they throw it in different uh, than a jab. I mean, what can I say? Listen, then the day, Saunders, even at this point, he's, he, he was breathing heavy in that corner there, right? But he's just, again, he's a bit fresh in my money. His money's washed. He's beat. He's beaten up. He's took his licks out of the years and stuff. You cannot tell me that, that uh, this is like pff, anything worthy of watching. On a Friday night or a Saturday night, even. I mean, especially prime time. This is prime time television in the UK, and we're fucking sat here watching for a post fight podcast that you, Steve Wellens, decided we're going to sit and fucking do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm getting angry at you, mate. But you know, I'm like the Pied Piper, Andy. I'm just leading you astray here. I know, I know. And you make, you make it sound like I'm in charge, Day. <laughs> I, I thought that's what this is what you would want, Andy. I thought, what would Andy want more than anything else on his Friday evening post fight? Billy Joe Saunders, I, I'm delivering here. 
deliver me Canelo against Alexa Saunders tonight. Or Alexa Saunders against fucking Callum Smith and that. Then we'll see how much a legit super middleweight that he is. He doesn't belong at 168. He's only, he's only at 168 because he's too I fucking lazy. He's too lazy, or yeah. at this point in his career, career or life, he's just... He can't make it 160 anymore because he's not disciplined enough. And you go Eddie Hearn tell him the other night as over Christmas time, you need to be disciplined, you need to be in the gym because, like, Carmen, look, we can shit on Carmen Smith fighting Canelo all we want, but I know for a fact Carmen Smith's been in the gym for fucking weeks on end. And then what happens? The opportunity comes and he's got the fight on six, eight weeks' notice to forget what it is, and he will be ready for it, he will make the weight. Can you can you tell me if 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 Saunders got a phone call at eight weeks' notice? I've got you a Canelo fight. Are you going to be ready for it? <laughs> no, no chance. Of course he's not. He needs at least twelve to fucking sixteen. He needs to make fucking weight, make camp. I mean, he's, he's soft at one sixty-eight. Canelo can maybe fucking fluctuate and stuff, make it a catch weight if he wants. I'm sorry, man. Saunders is he's, he's doing what he's always done. He's playing at it tonight. He looked okay for six rounds, and then again. Money makes it all man's on maybe grapples and stuff like that. But Turner's just pulls into that kind of like that that kind of like sink half the fight. He falls into it. He just he just repeats it. You know, up jab, down to the body, up to the head. Maybe throw a throw a hook in there and falls into a fucking clinch. Saunders will get annihilated, even at this point of Golovkin and Canelo even more so to the fucking body. Doesn't it belong at one sixty eight, man? One sixty well, is your place. If no, retire because I am fucking sick and tired of him. I think he's keep. I think Kern's keeping him at one sixty eight with a purpose, though. I I think the simple fact of the matter, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in Billy Joe Saunders' promotional history, uh, maybe other than the Eubank Junior fight, I mean, has he ever had like an event where his promoters really made good money off of it, like? I think Hearn is basically setting him up for something good at 168, so he can finally cash in on something out of uh, out of Billy Joe Saunders. Ah, and all but hang on, Matty. Sorry to interrupt you. Hearn's coming late to the party here. It was Frank Warren who invested all the time and effort and money for all the years. He's gone over to Hearn for like what is it, two, three fights now towards the you know the end. Mm-hmm. How much money did Eddie in- invest into that? Eddie, probably fuck all, to be honest with you. He's just trying to, you know, get the Canelo fight. Frank probably invested yeah, quite Frank, a bit. Before. Frank got him all the title shots and got him, no. got him known, basically. Frank, Frank has uh, has marketed uh, his uh, his com- competition's future uh, talent for many, many decades. He he manages to lose fighters around their 2025th fight like it's, uh, like it's just habit for him. The thing is, though, as well with Frank... Um, I think he was probably glad to get rid of Saunders because he was becoming a problem inside the ring in that he was never there, Matty, and he was becoming a problem outside of the ring because he kept an arsing about. I think Frank was probably had said, I've got enough out of him. I'm best shot of him. He costs too much damn money, and like he doesn't produce. You know, Like I said, like uh, what was there? The, I'm trying to even think. He's been so underwhelming. You know, you think about like fighters who were more than the sum of their parts, you know, like Tim Bradley, Andre Ward, you know, they like didn't look it, but somehow they were more than it was. It, and he, Billy Joe Saunders is the opposite. He is less than the sum of his parts. You see everything that he could do in the ring at different times. And you're like, oh man, this guy should be a freaking world beater. And then you find out that like the, the, best of his competition is you know Golovkin's leftovers and the uh you know and the uh slightly mental sperm of a former legend um it's pretty pathetic 
I think we're pretty sure, Rob, as Andy said, Billy Joe Saunders isn't a super middleweight. I don't care what Bean's going on about. They're both looking in great condition on the scales and all that. Saunders didn't look... look, You know what it looked like, Rob? It looked like a Legends League sparring session. It was like Tyson Jones. It was like flashes of brilliance, uh, you know, punctuated by soft bellies and receding hairlines. Well, I I was surprised. I was actually surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised because I told you last week exactly how the fight was going to go, but I was more I was surprised that Murray did so little in the fight or that he attempted to do so little in the, in the fight. I mean, the whole fucking night, Macklin's talking about Matthew Murray being this counterpuncher. Well, while you're waiting for him to counterpunch, he was just getting punched and there was nothing coming back after he got punched, so he wasn't much of a counterpuncher tonight. Give it that he's 38, he's fucking six, seven, eight years past his best, man. And even at his best, he was coming up short, so he was never going to win the fight tonight. Um, Billy Joe Saunders though is not fit, man. He's not fit. He's not. He should be one sixty. He's not a one sixty eight fighter. He's not fit. He wasn't fit enough to. Fuck. You hear him talking about afterwards. I thought after the third round, I said to the guys, "This fight's not going twelve rounds, man. Murray's too easy to hit. Surely he'll step on the gas and get him out of here." Fourth round drops him. Referee doesn't call it as a knockdown. And what happens? Saunders oh. says afterwards in the fight, I couldn't follow up because I was bollocks. I needed the ref to give him a 10 count so that I could get a, a breeder and come and get at him and possibly stop him. Now, that's the fourth round. So what does that fucking tell you? He's not fit. I caned him in the summer because he says he wasn't ready or he wanted more money or he wanted the maximum money to feed Canelo, to fight Canelo. He wasn't ready. He's not fucking fighting. All year round has been a pandemic. What else has he had to do with apart from train? He's had three fights in three years. His last good fight was against Lemieux. This fight does absolutely nothing for him. Even when they were making this the fucking first time around, this fight wasn't going to do anything for him. Everyone knew, would, have, would have heavily favoured Billy Joe Saunders to beat Martin Murray. So all it is is an easy payday for him. He's on TV again. To me, I, I mean, I think he's a fantastic fighter. I think there was a, there's so much difference between the ring IQ of the two of them tonight. The way that Saunders set shots up, Murray didn't seem to have a clue how to do that. Saunders was hitting him with every punch that he wanted to hit him with. The difference in ring IQ was so uh, tangible that you could see it actually unfolding in the ring that Saunders was thinking his work through. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. I think he's a tremendous fighter. But out of the ring, he's a fucking despicable character. You can't listen to an interview from him without some fucking juvenile 12-year-old remark the minute he gets it, the minute he gets going. He's, you know, some of the shit that he's done outside the ring, people will never forgive him for. But at the end of the day, I don't care about all that if he's going to fight people. But he's made so much noise about Ginger Bollocks, Canelo, and turning up at Golovkin press conferences. And who the fuck has he fought? He's had two good wins in his career at, well, since he's been a world champion. Andy Lee to take the title and David Lemieux. The fight, the fights with Ryder, he might have got a Ryder and Eubank both when they were both early. But you know, credit to him, he got those fights and he is undefeated. But he pissed it away for me, man. To be honest with you, I think Saunders should have been pushing on three years ago. I think leaving Frank might have been a bad, might have been the best uh, move from. But I ultimately, I don't think he gives a fuck. I think he's happy enough to be an undefeated world champion, and that's enough for him. And he'll only get motivated, as he says, if they have a big fight. But who's going to want to put him in a big fight now? And then you hear Eddie. Dressed like fucking Dr. Evil tonight. Mm, maybe he'll pay him $1 million for his next fucking fight. <laughs> what the fuck, the fuck was he wearing? He's going to have hair like, like Dr. Evil soon oh, if he's not careful. man. What was he wearing, man? That was he's going to pissed himself on it, baby. That's oh, Dean Cook. Shagadelic, baby. That one was. But then you hear him talking about, all oh, the big fights are next. The Canelos, the Callum Smiths, the Demetrius Andre. Would you stop trying to... That's not a big fight. Right? Oh, stop not trying him to fucking again. push fucking boo-boo Andre on us. That's not going to be a big fight. I don't give a fuck if he fights fucking Thanos out of the fucking Marvel Universe. It's not going to be a big fight. Fucking Boo Boo Andrade. Boo Boo. Oh. 
Here's a fight for you, Rob. What about Demetrius Andrade against Martin Murray next? <laughs> the seven, seven time lucky. Lucky, lucky number seven. That's how they go build it. Fuck me. Battle of oh, the <laughs> Murray has to hang it up, man. Like, have you guys noticed, like, fighters, like, a lot of them when they lose just seem to get new tattoos, new tattoos? Like, that guy doesn't retire soon. He's got to go into the Tyson zone, man. You're talking about the tramp stamp on the eye kind of shit. The Borstal dots incoming. Let's have a look. <laughs> Talking to Borstal, let's have a look in the uh, in the chat room, see who's hanging around there. Uh, Danny Young's with us as always. Um, Craig, James Windsor as well, last King of Scotland. Kaiser Koba says, I think Ryder beats Saunders now. Too aggressive on the inside and more hungry. Uh, who else have we got hanging around? James Windsor, yes, mentioned him already. Oh, it's hard pickings here, isn't it? Johnny Horsecock Nelson said he should be able to do 160 if he trained properly. Tosh Bear says spot on, Rob, again. Yep, 100% agree with that. Joseph Kennedy says Billy Joe Saunders looks very soft. Uh, bring back the Kurt Sizzy. We want the fight. Just a couple more before we move <laughs> that's, on. That's oh, the see that? Oh, the unsung oh, champ, Kurt Sizzy. Oh, yeah. the, the, un, the unsung hero. I, swear, I said, I've listened, I'm, I'm on record, I said it to you. See that fight? For uh, Billy Joe Saunders, that was the ideal warm-up for him to, to suggest if he was good enough to beat or fight Golovkin. I kid you not. I, I believe that. And then that fight was fucking made to be happened. Came where I was. Fucking Legoland. And I got to text, that fight's off. That motherfucker got arrested. I could not believe it. And then I see someone <laughs> please send me the... Uh, I think it was a Rico charge he got up on as well. The fucking Rico. Jesus Christ, man. It ended up like 75 pages. He's, he's a legend, man. He's, he's like oh, something like Grand Theft Auto, and he should get him oh, involved in Maurice Hooker, man. Imagine the carnage them two would wreak across the, the hills of America. He was cutting 14 pounds of heroin nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Tony. Uh, yeah, uh, Kaiser Koba says, Steve, if Eddie makes uh, Moy versus Andrade, I'm ordering a Sinaloa cartel hitman on you. You know what, Kaiser? I would deserve it as well. Uh, Andy, as Matty mentioned yeah. there, Martin Murray, he's tough. He's had a good career, but he shouldn't be fighting anymore. He lost to Endam, you know, at the uh, Warrington-Frampton undercard, as Ozzy mentioned on the pod last week. He's been dragged, kicking and screaming back into the WBO rankings for one last payday. I don't want to see him in the ring again, man. He's, he's been a good servant. Look, at the end of the day, he gave, he gave his bollocks up against Sturm and Martinez. So, you know, end of the day, the Martinez fight was very, very close. And yeah, he should, maybe he should have shaded it and stuff. After that, it's been how can we put it really? He's been kind of like brought back up, kind of like slowly again. I think he signed that contract with the South Africans. I think he ended up getting you know, really good money off it and that. So he was set for life by that point. By the time he fought uh, Golovkin, which I think was one of the African cards and stuff, he took an absolute beating for eleven rounds. Don't forget it. And then it's another chance against Abraham. Pushed him close. Abraham. This he was never a great one sixty eight fighter. Abraham. Groves beats him up over 12 rounds as well. You know, the gatekeeper, you know, this, this was the one that Eddie was, like, selling us off and all that sort of stuff on. You know, he's, he's a nearly man. That's all I can put it as. He's a nearly man. He is tough as nails, technically limited, um, and at this point, just washed. And I know Eddie's, like, Greenpeace at this point. Like, he's recycle his fighters. You know, he's got Rosado. He's had fucking... Who's the one that fought? Uh, he had Linares over a number of times, and he's got Murray fighting, propping up world title fights and stuff, and topping the bill. What is he now? 38, 39? Mm-hmm. He's got to retire at this point. I mean, sorry, he had, he had nothing to offer, absolute nothing. 
perfect clunching and maybe try to get, get dirty on the side of a rabbit punching, punching, you know, kidney shots and stuff like that. Maybe just, just that type of thing. But he had nothing to offer. Absolute nothing. He made Billy Joe Saunders look like he's an elite fighter. And at this point, Billy Joe, what is he now? What was he? 31, 32? He is a pissed away talent. And I don't give a fuck if he's got a 30 0 record or no. He is a good fighter, very good fighter. But he should be far, far ahead of what he, what he is at this minute. I know he had problems with the hands early in his career and stuff, maybe some some problems with cuts and stuff like that. But, you know, fucking Lemieux like three, four years ago. And that was a fantastic performance, a world-class performance. And at that point, you know, he's done nothing ever since. Nothing. And this tonight just kind of like proved it. And as Rob says, look, he's bollocksed. He should have taken Murray out there within four rounds. You know, he had Murray really kind of really kind of ruined to go, and he had nothing left. Five, six became twelve rounds. You're like fucking just pish. And <laughs> at this point, at this point, Eubank Junior would beat Saunders, I would think. And I don't rate Eubank whatsoever. Just technically, he's woeful, Eubank. But output, he could maybe just fucking put it on Saunders. You give him a chance off. after about the seventh or eighth on that Without display. Doubt. If 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 you bank could just maybe work <laughs> like back a few early rounds, I would I would back him if I could win that fight in points. You know. No, I think the brandy's kicking in there, dude. I couldn't I think see so. that. Yeah, no, I couldn't. See. I think no, I think against you. I don't think that fight will ever happen again. The second fight, but um, I would favor Saunders against you back every time. If uh, I'm not so get... sure, man. I think his his conditioning well, is is woeful, Rob. Well, maybe you hear the corner. He was breathing like fucking heavy, mate, in that corner, and that was at the tenth round. I can't see it being made anyway. I don't I don't think it'll be made, but but I would favor him against Eubank anytime. But maybe Steve was alluding to that um Eubank should use the, the Matt Murray blueprint and Jamie Moore said to him after six rounds, right? Uh, you know, you're still in this fight. <laughs> you can get back into it in the second. He doesn't want to fuck around. Macklin's, I don't think he won around for the fight. I didn't give him around and the set. Mac- Macklin gave him two sympathy rounds, I think. Fucking pathetic, man. Absolutely pathetic. Not you, taking away nothing from Jamie it, Moore. I've bought Mary, by the way. Both fucking, you know, good lads and good good boxing guys and that. But that was... And it's not his fault he's in the fight. He couldn't do nothing. It's not his fault. Like, he's 38 years of age. What the fuck were... What was anyone expecting? And then it keeps... <laughs> for Murray... To, for Saunders to keep rerunning with the narrative throughout the whole build-up and then after the fight that Matt Murray is a cunning old fox. He was... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was very clever there tonight. He did a lot of fucking disguise on his game plan. Fuck me. It's funny, like Murray is kind of like you know. I mean, Golovkin aside to an extent, but Murray's kind of like the end of an era. Because I, I was just kind of thinking back to that time, you know, as like the victims of Sergio Martinez to an extent and, and such. But you had uh, some some good fights with them, and them fighting other folks for a few years there with. Uh, with uh, Barker, Murray, Macklin, Daniel Gill. Uh, you know, Barker versus Gill was a fantastic fight. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 it really is just kind of like you know a, a generation closing out, and this is kind of the last gasps of it as you know we move on. And unfortunately, the guys like Saunders, who should have been there to really inherit it, um, especially you know speaking on a, a purely domestic level for you guys there, because it was it was hot for that five year period. Um, and, and he was unable to do it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how everything goes moving forward. But it was, uh, it, you know, you're not talking like, you know, 1980s middleweights or anything like that. But it really was for that period of time when Martinez was, the, you know, the man. 
the fights around middleweight at that time were really good. It was a fun time to be a boxing fan. The thing is, Matty, regarding Saunders, I th- I always think back to the fight that everybody mentions. That's the David Lemieux fight. Such an impressive performance. And I thought, well, this should have really been the start of a glorious career path for, for Saunders. It seemed like he was about to go places, but instead it seems to have been the peak at the moment. That's about it. I mean, you also have to kind of rate Lemieux, um, you know, with uh, correctly. I mean, he... Lemieux's a decent fighter if he can, you know, has a chance to land on you clean, but he's not the toughest guy to make look stupid. You know, he was kind of tailor-made for Saunders, right? Um, you know, Lemieux's always going to be, you know, you talk about a guy, you know, he had a title somehow or whatever, you know, it's just ridiculous. Um, but um, he's kind of one of those almost guys as well, um, where it just, you know, he had one thing, but it wasn't enough. And Saunders was there to exploit it. But, um, you know, what is David Lemieux? What's David Lemieux's best win? Is knockout over Curtis Stevens? Yeah, beaten down. He was that gateway to the next level for me. He was that gate. He was the ultimate world-class gatekeeper for Saunders to move past and go on to that next level, but he never did. Yeah, it's, it's but like I said, Billy Joe is less than the sum of his parts. And, you know, like, didn't, didn't that dude have a problem with blow for a while too? You know, um, you know, I thought, you know, Tyson ha- had his experiences. And here's oh, another me, question. We've all got that problem, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, here's another question for you, though. How in God's fucking name do you end up with a problem being too heavy going into camp if you're also snorting frickin' uh, marching powder? None of <laughs> that makes sense. I don't you remember know. any of them stories, dude. I, I, I can't remember any of those stories coming to the forefront. Maybe I'm wrong, but... That's what it. I will it's say about his conditioning, though, Rob, seriously, I mean, this ring rust they're talking about, it'd be okay if he fights again in another few months. Then I'll sort of pass this Murray fight. But the chances are, I bet you any money, we don't see Saunders for another year now. I mean, if everybody's locked up, they've got a gym at home, they're not at least be getting in shape. That's the minimum you could be doing. Well, I, I thought one of the most telling things about the shape and the condition that Saunders was in uh, was the way he chose to start the fight. He starts on the front foot. He's leading, he's standing right in front of Murray. Murray's circling around on the outside. So Saunders, we used to see him up on his toes, popping the jab, popping the jab, bringing in the uppercut. But he was able to stand right in front of Murray tonight. And every time he got tired, I thought he was the one initiating the clinch, actually, and pushing his head into Murray. So I thought he was more tired than Murray was, even though Murray was Murray just looked so shot, like completely past what he was. And at, at the height of it, I don't think he was good enough to beat Saunders, like I said. So I think it's it showed... Gave a massive insight into the condition that Billy Saunders, Billy Joe Saunders is in. And as well as that, backs up kind of what we said about him not taking the Canelo fight in the summertime. Like when he goes on about Canelo, he wants to be great. He only wants the big fights. He wants to be motivated. We have Canelo there in eight weeks. No, I'm not interested. I need more time and I need more money. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just kind of, it sums up, I think, Billy Joe Saunders uh, completely this 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 fight tonight, like where he's at and um, what he's done with his career, and like we're the ones that suffer because Billy Joe Saunders is a very good fighter, man. He's I think he's an excellent fighter, and he could have been way better. But I said about three years ago on the pod, he's about he's about his uh, his career is more interesting for the sound bites and the stupid shit he's doing outside the ring than the stuff that he's doing in the ring at the moment. Like it's been a, a fucking uh, one after the other train wrecks uh, PR train wrecks outside of the ring and in the ring he's done fuck all he's been doing his own PR train wrecks, wrecks with that fight on the fucking YouTubers undercard and uh, this tonight like it's doing nothing for him so 
If I was Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade, I wouldn't be quaking in my boots anyway. Put it that way. At least Andrade is in shape at the very least. Mm. Well, that, that's a good point. Um, this is so shit that even Chukwu hasn't turned up yet. I've put the StreamYard link in the chat. I tell you what, we might be going for another 10 or 15 minutes at this rate, I think. We'll go on to the undercard shortly. Just before we do so, a couple of interesting comments. Exactly, Johnny Nelson in the chat mate, sums it up perfectly for me. If it, Like I said, if Saunders fights again soon, then I'll sort of let this fight pass. But you just know, don't you? You just know it's going to be Billy Joe Saunders against Gabe, the gatekeeper of Azardo, up next, December 2021. Exactly what Johnny Nelson says. And, and Danny Young says, would everyone give Saunders a bit of slack if he fights someone in the top five next? Well, I would, yeah, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold my breath, to be honest with you. Um, I was going to say to you, Andy. Who's the top um, five? Well, ugh, I don't know. It, would, if he fought Andre next, would you be happy enough oh, for that, Andy? No, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? But I'd oh, I would. I would, you know, because it could, be, it could be so oh, much worse, man. So much worse than two guys, one who gasses after six rounds and one who bores you to fucking death who can't finish an opponent in 12 rounds. But would you take a guaranteed, no. a guaranteed Billy Joe Saunders Android fight or would you say, we'll leave it up to them to see what they come up with? Or I would take the, the Saunders Android guaranteed. I, I would take a lot of me. I don't give a would fuck. I, I, don't want to see, I don't want to see Saunders Android. Who, Neither who do I, but I mean... That fight would suck so freaking bad. I, I can't even put it into words. I'm playing it out in my head, and it is so awful. So awful. Like 10-2 for, for Andrade. I so want to see Saunders, Saunders Benavidez or, I don't know, Zach Parker, yeah. for example, or Berlinga. I know me and you are kind of high on Eder Berlinga. A guy, come, you know, he's kind of pudgy for 168 and stuff. I don't think he belongs at 168 or 175, for example. Hang on. Is Berlinga that guy who's knocking out everybody Aye. in the first round? They weren't, mate. They weren't, mate. Though. See how he wants it. See how what hungry about, he is. What about Sweet Hands Plant? That's a fight I'd watch. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that's a great fight, I think. It might be a bit negative, but yeah. Again, well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it can't be negative. Saunders and that shite that you're well, that's about. true. Andrade, that's true. Come on, Andrade, we, 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 wait, wait, one sixty. Yeah, As people are mentioning Danny J. Could you see? You know, you know what? I'm sorry. He's had his time and he's been a good fighter, but he's another fighter who's gonna have to fuck off as well, Danny J. Because I've had enough of him. People are talking about the Danny Jacobs Canelo rematch, Andy. I mean, he got paid twelve million dollars for that first fight. He's another one whose heart's not in it, man. I don't want to see Jacob yeah. fighting anybody. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to raise suspicion about a, a guy who recovered from cancer and had a miraculous recovery. But you'd have to say, or you'd have to think that there might be a link to the diminished performances of Danny Jacobs and the mandatory testing that he's had to undergo <laughs> uh, for the last couple of fights. Because we'll all remember him uh, rocked by Sergio the Snake Mora. I think Pirog knocked him out. Then he went on this run post the uh, beating cancer where he just was kind of ragged all on Golovkin and that and then he's had a little dip there lately again so I'm not saying no hardly but... anyone thought he'd beat Quillen that that was the funny one yeah that was the fun yeah yeah but Quillen yeah, I don't know Quillen is a bit of an enigma as well wasn't he like there was a throwing the, be the belt in the bin rather than face Karabov and he he had Andy Lee down twice in the early stages, and then Andy Andy when Andy dropped him, he kind of went into a shell. I think he was waiting to get knocked out. Quillen, in retrospect, that is by the way, I didn't I didn't favour Jacobs to be Peter, uh, Peter Quillen at the time. Yeah, you know, Danny, you you got to give him credit for for what he did coming back after after cancer. You know, like it was they didn't it wasn't a better than fifty percent prognosis either. Um, but you know, all good things come to an end, and he uh, made an incredible career. 
off of some, off of a point in his life where he didn't know if he'd be around for another year. So, you know, sometimes it's just best to call it a day and say you made a hell of a go at it because, uh, you know, a bunch of people wrote him off and, and he, uh, he really showed heart in the way he came back. You know, he, and he gave a great account against Golovkin and Canelo. I don't think he gave a great account against Canelo, to be honest with you. But I do agree with your point about in the aftermath of obviously coming back, it goes without saying, coming back from cancer and all, that was an amazing achievement. But I think he's been phoning it in these last few the few fights. And the Canelo one, I don't think he, he give his all in that. And if you're getting paid $12 million for one fight or whatever it was he got paid, you know, you're not going to want to get punched in the head, are you? It stands to reason. So I think he, I think he's phoning it in uh, Jacobs now, seeing how many more paydays he can get through Uncle Al. And, and, and I think he's split from Ed, you know. Because uh, the contract's uh, up. Anyway, uh, final point before we go on to the undercard, Andy. My my overriding thoughts, even when the Diamante was announcing them in the ring, man, the whole thing was just a bit shit, wasn't it? Like, I mean, Diamante was there bellowing out his excitement from the four corners of the world and, you know, uh, the world title. Uh, the three British judges just didn't feel like world title fair to me, man. That's not world title action. Nah, no, nah, I mean, that's, that's, that's like... That's like 1989, 1990, early 1990s, WBO title level fights we were getting the other night. So we got the other night. That was shit. That wasn't even worthy of a, a Sky you know, primetime slot. Friday night, Saturday night, you could have fucking put that Wednesday night. It didn't even belong in TV. Absolute trash. And you can have Adam Smith saying, oh, Billy Joe's looking sharp. He's looking on the ball and that. You can sell us a third mate, you know, Martin Murray, you know, what you know, you know Matthew Michael say Martin Murray's world class, he's ticked off. Maybe he fucking disputes he's ticked off. I mean fuck's sake, man, Golovkin had him with bombs for eleven rounds before he folded. Maybe disputes that, but just call it that he's he's a washed fighter who had his hands up for the whole fucking fight. He could barely land a jab and just basically grappled. Scrappled and let's try to kind of like land shots on you know on, on the inside when he was grappling. That that was it. That was it. So he needs to retire. Saunders, you know, end of the day, everybody knows what we're watching here and stuff like. That. And you know, I, I wouldn't have watched this shit if I wasn't for this fucking post-fight podcast. And I'm blaming you, Steve. Uh, we'll I'm blaming to... myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit weird, though, Steve. I agree with you. Like the whole production was a bit weird. I thought, like when. I saw James Tennyson coming out on his ring entrance music. It was Destiny's Child. Say my name. I thought Matt Murray was going to come out to Young at Heart. You have Adam Smith saying, Well, Matthew, he is so young at heart, Matthew. And he has got a lot of heart, Adam. And he's, he's worked so very, very hard, Adam. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake, man. What the One hell thing- was that with, with uh, freaking Destiny's Child being intro music, too? I don't know. Maybe I, it's something I to do with never, this. That song is I, about like a, a, a suspicious female asking her fella on the phone to say her name in case he's with his side chick. I don't know. I, I don't know how that gets you pumped up to fucking be the lightweight champion of the world, but fair play to tennis in any way. Word for him tonight. Didn't it? I have never wanted somebody to lose more just because of their intro music than tonight. I. I was so bothered. I can't even put it into words. Like I, I expect <laughs> something, you know, you know, at least intense, you know, get you going or something like that, you know, like easy, easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Jesus Christ, even Wonder Wall's more hard ass than that shit. What the <laughs> fuck? It was it Tennyson came out to that. 
Look at the job he done you on your man. Figuring out if he'd have come oh, out to fuck. anything harder, then yeah, I think been... he lulled him to sleep. Dude's thinking, out, oh, motherfuckers <laughs> coming out to Destiny, Destiny's child. He's some fucking poof, you know. He's like, I'll <laughs> knock him out, you know. And then he comes out throwing <laughs> these three, four punch combos. You're like, ah, oh, shit. What did I get myself into? You know, like uh, it's kind of like that uh, scene in Play It to the Bone where he decided, ah. Eh, if I got knocked out by a gay dude, maybe I'll go gay. So his next fight, he'll probably be coming out to uh, En Vogue or um, yes, I don't know. Quick disclaimer: these are the thoughts of Matthew D. of Generado. It's a good job for it's a good job for O'Reilly that he didn't come out to never going to get it by En Vogue. It might have really turned out bad. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. I was not expecting it to take this type of a turn. Aren't you, aren't you glad we come on now, boys? Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. Oh, Matty, you were watching the you were watching the DAZN version. What was that like? Oh, was Manix, yeah, on, it? Was Manix on it? Tell me he mentioned Andrade at least 10 times. No, they actually they actually had the uh, the UK call on that. Uh, they had Sergio oh, Mora. And Sergio Mora was in. Some scouser was on the call. It sounded a bit like Ben. Paul Smith, Bell- somebody said. So I think it was Smith. Paul Smith, yeah, and uh, yeah, Sergio dude. Mora. But then I flicked yeah, over. Someone gave me a link to the Sky one, so I went over to the Sky one to hear what they were saying. This thing. Was yeah. I glad I did that? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was okay. The problem, the weirdest thing with the Zone broadcast, though, like sometimes the cameras are excellent, and then all of a sudden it looks like you're trying to stream something in like 2007. Oh, a bit of bean. Get a bit of bean on. Um, yeah, so I keep threatening to go on to the undercar, but I'm not quite there yet, Rob. What one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on Eddie. I know it's not popular and everything, yes. and he, he has a rough time from us, but one thing Eddie's gotta start doing, Rob, is oh, putting God. his fighters against each other. How many times do we keep hearing him coming out and going, Everyone's gotta stop fighting each other? You know, it's gotta be big fights from now on. Well, he's you know, he's got all these fighters. Why doesn't he stop putting them against each other? Oh man, he's like a fucking televangelist or something. You hear him tonight. What camera are we on? Sorry, this camera. Camera number one. This guy. This is a guy who does this and that. Fuck off, man, will you? Put your little fucking, fucking Dr. Evil outfit on you. Fuck me. All he needed was a fucking black patch over his eye and his little fucking pinky up to his mouth when he was talking. Like, absolutely fucking shocking. He'd, Eddie would say anything, dude. Eddie fucking say. We know this at this stage. We're not even surprised. I don't even... I feel weird even commenting on the stuff that he says these days because it's all just fucking total nonsense. Like, And he was on one tonight, full salesman mode, microphone placed there ready for him socially distanced from the fighters so he can do his little spiel after each fight on the undercard, man. Absolutely shocking. One for Shannon Courtney, two for James Tennyson, three for Billy Joe Saunders. Give me a fucking break, man. Say anything, even uh, like... Even Edward, yeah, wanker. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, on the undercard then, so I didn't see a lot of it. Uh, I didn't see Lerone. I'm a fan of Lerone Richards. I think that he's got a lot of talent, but I would have preferred him sticking with Frank, going the British title route. Just so I predicted, he comes over to Eddie and he's fighting against some flipping... Uh, dustbin collector. Uh, Matty, you were impressed with Shannon Courtney's knockout of Dorota Norek? Oh yeah, man. That was uh, that was man. a hell of a good shot. That uh she uh you know, I I think I turned on the broadcast around the fourth round. And, I mean there was clearly a golf in class. The Polish chick, she uh mostly negative and whenever she'd come forward it was she'd like slap, you know, real wide shots and they're just really goofy and um so um, Courtney got her up against the ropes and just threw this wicked overhand right, right across the face and dropped her. 
the gal got up at like seven or eight, but it was clear that she didn't want to continue. And she kind of like felt like putting her knees in her corner. And I'm like, almost think that she got hit so hard that she cried. Uh, plenty of tears there. Plenty of tears from you, Andy, maybe when Johnny Nelson said in the aftermath of James Tennyson's knock it oh. over Josh O'Reilly that um, Tennyson beats Javonta Davis right now. <laughs> yeah, and then who's it? Obviously, Sharp actually got involved and says that, yeah, but we, yeah, it would certainly be a close fight. Look, I, I didn't even know Tennyson was in the top 10 at WBA until I actually went and checked it out, right? If he was to be mandated to fight Lopez tomorrow, Lopez, we all know, would absolutely eviscerate him, would absolutely destroy him. Anytime he steps up in class, for me at least, he gets he gets iced, he gets knocked out. I remember it was not a Latvian kid or something like that, or Lithuanian, absolutely sparked him out. Oh, Senkovs, yeah. Lithuanian, yeah. So I went through through WBA rankings, right? I I picked out a few names here. Can you imagine any of these fights? Obviously, that wasn't a, a, a final man, final eliminator. That was his class as an eliminator for WBA title between the number eight, I think, sorry, number nine and number seven, right? Joshua O'Reilly, who I have never he seen. He was before. number seven, was he? He was number seven. He was Dude, fucking gash. His last opponent had how many losses, would you think? I tell About you. 12. 34. His last <laughs> opponent had 34 <laughs> losses. And he was ranked number seven. So there you go. But was but were they competitive losses? <laughs> Yeah, they were well, all Gabe, they were all Gabe Rosado jobs. Here's what I, here's what <laughs> well, I'm he here to tell you. He lost him. Here's, oh. what I'm here, here's, what, here's what I'm here to tell you. So, right, okay, this is eliminator. So that means Tennyson can, can get called to fight anybody shortly, right? So take Robert Easter Jr., who's now fought new since 2019. He has won one and one in his last three fights. Mikey Garcia, he got beaten 12 rounds. Francis Bartholomew, he drew away uh, in 12 rounds, and Adrian Granados he beaten 10 rounds, right? Next person up would probably be Jackson Mar- uh, Marinez, who got fucking robbed against Rolando Romero, right? So he'd, he deserves his shot before, like, say, Tennyson, for example, right? Take Isaac Gonzalez, the guy who absolutely fucking iced the career Diego Ma- uh, Magdaleno. It was about two months ago, I think it was. Right, So he, mm-hmm. he would be next up. Tennyson, would he take a shot off, off him? You don't know, right? Next up, Oliver Flores. Right? Oliver Flores is ranked something like... I think he's ranked uh, number eight WBA rankings. That motherfucker retired in 2015. I think he iced off took, uh, Uchiyama in three rounds. He come back and get beat off for, uh, Verdejo in 2017, and he's fought three times since then. Right? He is ranked number eight WBA rankings. Next up after that is a uh, Yoshino for Japan, who's basically a regional champion. He's picked up you know the vacant. OBF, Japanese lightweight titles, not that sort of shit and that. Here's what you're mixing with. That is what you're fucking mixing with just now with that guy, right? So to call him this like world-class puncher that fucking that uh, that uh, Macklem has mentioned him and stuff like that. If you're so sure that guy is so fucking good, put him in with the likes of Linares, who either likes to recycle or put him in with Marinez, right? You see how good Tennyson is at world level and how good his power is. I guarantee you, I think any day two would fucking beat him. Gonzalez just based him off Magdaleno fight, which was wasn't long. Kids got power, and Tennyson, if his if his power's real, then that might be a good fight to make. Number six against number nine, Gonzalez against Tennyson. Um, but to be honest, title fights. I mean, Lopez is a man. We're all, we're all expecting him. He's, he's going to vacate. One name I don't expect to be uh, to get mentioned that Eddie's used before was Evan Mendy. I wonder if he ever used that name again. For remember, Mendy lost. Uh, beat Luke Campbell. 
Barry Jones mentioned a good fight on Twitter, possibly Tennyson against Richard Comey, Andy. Mm, hey, what's that? Yeah, what's that? That'd be yeah. good, that. But uh, yeah. I think it's all going to come down to Elisa. Who was it mentioned? Giovanni Davis. Was it Joy Nelson that mentioned it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He beats him right now, he said. Oh, my maybe, God. Maybe, maybe he's <laughs> figuring that there's a time difference and Davis is asleep right now. So if he was to catch him right now, he probably would beat him. But... <laughs> I hope, I hope Floyd was. I hope Floyd was actually one of his mid morning runs and actually heard that. And says we're making that motherfucking fight right now. You know, you know, build his star up. You know, with with just a, a good victory. Um, the guy that's bouncing around one thirty five and one forty. Who honestly, I think Tennyson would have his number is uh, Jorge Linares. That's a great name for your resume. Uh, I don't think they'd, Eddie would have a problem getting that fight done. And um, and I, I just I really think the way that Tennyson puts his punches together would just be disastrous for Linares. Absolutely disastrous. I agree with that. I'm a massive Linares fan, but he's done as soon as Tennyson starts banging him. Um, well, I mean, he might start banging him. You never know. But as soon as he starts uh, hitting know. him with heavy shots, uh, I think he, I think he'll cut up. I think that I think Linares is near done, Rob. I yeah, think I mean, he, he is near done. He but I think he's a level above. I think he's a level above J- James Tennyson if he's got, especially if he's, yeah. he has the Kano at 140. I think if he's fighting James yeah, Tennyson at on. 135, there's like there's there's a there's a bit there's a bit of golfing class here. I think. I mean, okay, listen, there's a golfing class between Kano and Linares too, but Linares is getting old. Yeah, yeah but he is, bro. I who didn't knock out Linares for that yeah. period? I'm betting you cash. If Eddie, Eddie makes that fight, I'm betting you cash, right? That Linares. No, you'll have to be able to give, give me better odds than the bookies. Oh, give a straight up bet me. What do you, what you want? Two gram of wheat? Uh, I, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet you you'll be able to get probably six or seven to one at least on Tennyson by knockout. In that I thought you were going to see six or seven gram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 as much as highly as I rate Linares, I think he has a bit of a drop in him. And Tennyson, if he can stay away, not get hurt to the body, the body, the kryptonite for Tennyson. Yeah, but- if he, you know, he... I- I think it would be quick. I think two, one, two, three rounds. You know, most of Linares' losses are of the uh, quick knockout variety. Wait a fucking second here, man. Look, I'm sorry. Tennis Sergio Thompson. He got knocked out by fucking Sergio Thompson. Yeah, but I'm about to tell you. No, that's, that's, yeah, but that's seven, eight years ago. Like, I know he's on the slide, right? Yes. Like, and, and he's so much older now. A Tennyson would have to get him early, but I just think Linares would have too much movement to even get troubled by Tennyson early round, early rounds, and who then the, end up seeing it out. Like, couldn't, just who couldn't the see. just who the fuck is Tennyson actually troubled in any sort of fashion at world title level, elite level, to suggest that he's got this fucking all of a sudden puncher's chance to fucking do damage? Linares is there as a, as a resume builder. He is absolutely there as a resume builder. I don't think that Linares has another good win in his career ahead of him. I don't see it. They would have I, to match him so carefully. Yeah. Maybe I'm overestimating Linares' decline. You don't know what, how much of a fan I am of Linares, man, but it's, he's it's if it's ever Faber knocked Tennyson out, like I know he's had six know, wins on the bounce, but he's four fucking six. Like I said, that fella tonight is had fucking his last fight was against a fella with thirty four losses. Like, yeah, but this he is like he's never been hit Rob. before. See what I'm saying, though, Rob? Tevin Farmer brutalised him. A guy who's got something like fucking two knockouts in his career, right? Exactly. Ever, ever since then, Tennyson's come back against absolute trash. Well, not so much trash, right? But come on, Atif Shafiq and Craig Evans. 
right? That's the two names I can think off the top of my head at the minute that he's fought. But they were all knockouts, they're all stoppages against whom exactly? Guys, you know, you know, I don't know any other names that he's fucking fought and stuff like that. But Ryan, Ryan Doyle stopped him as well, did he, Dan? Ryan Walsh fucking stopped oh, Ryan him. Walsh, no, Ryan Walsh so. stopped him. Ryan Walsh, Tennyson stopped, stopped Ryan Doyle. Ryan Doyle. Ah, yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. He, goes, he goes stopped like, way early in his career off a yeah. I've been at all three of his losses. I might be a bad omen. If I stay away, he might beat the Norris. Well, you, you should have went the night then. You should have went the night. You should have said who you were and did a fucking yeah, Eli step back and say you're Jewish and got in the fucking crowd. I'm like, Come on. I fucking think everything you're going to be here doing this. Oh dear. Yeah, this Josh O'Reilly is quite the character. I'm looking up and down his record here now. As Rob says, he uh, 36, 34 and 6, Cecilio Santos. He's also fought in the Paramount Fine Food Centre in Mississauga. <laughs> What's that one, Andy? Have you got, have you got his record know. up there? Mississauga. No. <laughs> is that even a real place? Yeah, Josh O'Reilly is not the greatest. Right, anything else, boys? I'm losing the will to live here. Um, um <laughs> Anything? Oh. Anything you want to close off with, Andy? Um, well, yeah. I mean, anything positive I can give you. Um, yeah, the brandy taste is good. The fight, the boxing wasn't all that great. Um, um, my two master that might get a world title fight next week. So uh, yeah, it's all looking good. Fan dabby dozy, as they say. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going live, Rob, next week after the AJ Pulev fight. Do you think it'll be better than better or worse than this? What's the odds, Rob? It's not going to be worse, man. If it's worse than this, if fucking AJ Pulev is worse than this, the fuck up the Ori fights Can never you get imagine made. if I go 12 rounds and Joshua just dances around the ring for 12 rounds and wins it Andy, you fucking have two, two bottles of brandy in by the time we fucking come out of here, man. Oh, um, man, but... Can you imagine this, a, a repeat performance of that Ruiz fight? That Ruiz rematch? Shocker, that was... I, I don't know, I saw I saw Chuck Wu put in the channel about the undercard. He said, Shannon Courtney should not be on any other channel, only the adult channel. And I thought, surely not. Surely <laughs> not. Like, He's surely off Judge not. Judy now, Chuck Wu, isn't he? But then I thought maybe she'd be better on Babe Station talking to that fella from, the, you know, the fella that rings in pretending to be the granddad pranking him all. Hey, you're, you're on set tea, love. You're making some cup of tea. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. So you actually watched that debut, Rob, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I've got a 13 year old son, so I'll probably catch him watching it soon. And I'll go and have, go and have a look, see what's going on there. Um, anyway, Matty, any final thoughts from you? Uh, yeah, I think if anybody's looking for decent value tomorrow, um, you can grab Spence by decision and parlay it with uh, Josecito Lopez to win and pull yourself to better than even money. There you go. Uh, good tip for Matty there to end this podcast. We managed to drag nearly 46 minutes out of it. We will be back on, when will we be back? Yeah, Sunday evening for episode 402, 403, something like that. It's in the early 400s anyway. Thanks to everybody who's jumped on tonight. Uh, troopers that you are, don't forget to hit the, the thumbs up button or the thumbs down. Uh, we deserve it. Well, I do anyway. Rapper Rob Kelly's been with us. Thanks to him. Matty DG Alonado as well. Andy Patterson. I've been Steve Wellings. We'll catch you all again on Sunday evening. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.